Hello, my fellow Brappingtonians, and welcome to Brap Talk. This is a weekly podcast where we discuss the happenings of the motorcycle industry. I am your host, Jensen Beeler of Asphalt and Rubber, and joining me on this two-wheeled adventure is the coolest guy in a Portland heat wave, Mr. Shaheen Hovindy! Ooh. Ooh. You've been practicing your notes. Mm. Me, it's, me, that, me. it's that Baja Blast, isn't Al-Bandi. it? Alvandi. 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 Oh, no. Alvandi. Yeah, I'm sipping, uh, I'm sipping a Baja Blast. That is a color that's not known to the nature of just nature. It's what, not known to nature. Would you, what would you call that color? <sighs> like dirty agua. We are fully caffeinated with with all the all the dews. I don't know what's in me right now. Is this sugar? Is this caffeine? Is this? And most of the time, my thought is, if I spilled any on the couch, it's probably easy to take off of it. I don't know if this stuff has any antidotes. First of all, let's back up to you spilling something on my couch, which would be grounds for immediate removal from the building. I see everything else I've drank. It's mostly just water. Yeah. Sometimes I have some tea. Sometimes I have a whiskey. No, that, that's definitely permastain right there. This is this is never coming off. Your couch is no. pink from now on if yeah. this goes on there. So I am like, I mean, I just made that so tight. There's no liquid coming out of this. Yeah. I'm concerned. Anyways, uh, motorcycles, motorcycle podcast weekly. 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 Suck it, America. Weekly. Yeah. Come at me, America. Happy birthday, America. Weekly. What's up, weekly? Uh, podcast. Um, you did things on motorcycles. I hunkered down in my air conditioning you were much smarter about it it was hot portland had 115 record heat 115 degrees 46 degrees celsius for our non for our metric temperature people that's right for those of you in the aussie lands so it was when i went to the track at the ridge for moto america this last weekend america america moto um it was 113 degrees at noon out which is probably worse because it was so like for two three days it was over 100 degrees mm-hmm. and like even at night it was still 95 yeah so that asphalt like the ridge is just covered in asphalt there's no escaping no. the black no. the blacktop except if you go to the fan zone in the middle there's some trees and bushes you kind of okay. can hide a little bit oh yeah okay when the sun's not directly above you and i gotta tell you i haven't been to a ridge in a year loved it beautiful it's getting nicer Got some buildings there there's like it just looks like a proper racetrack now It is, um, I heard a lot of complaints from the Moto America people. It's not quite at the Moto America level, according to them. Interesting. But it is definitely getting better constantly. And that's, that to me is the more important thing where it's like, okay, it's not quite there yet, but they're working on it. Yeah. It is definitely a work in progress. And you know how you know that? There's a hill full of dirt. It's like a small mountain and it has like a couple of million dollars worth of heavy earth moving equipment on top of it. Just put up there at display in fact if you were watching any of the moto america races the camera would often zoom in on those to be like look at this well that's because it's sponsored by combato that's what they do yeah big yellow starts with a k yeah um so those guys were there showing you that they're you know slowly progressing and changing things and um you know what was cool is even though it was so hot people are so thirsty for live events there was a lot of people there yeah. The parking lot was pretty full. Um, I was impressed to see easily 50 or 60 motorcycles there, and I thought those people were a brave kind of soul that I don't I would not have. Not. I would not have ridden my motorcycle. Dude, I was there. driving in a car with AC. We talked about the Slack show. Lack show? Last show. The Lack show. The Lack show? Yeah, we paid our dues. Yeah. 
If it's too hot, no thank you. If it's too wet, I mean, unless I've already started and it started getting wet, I don't do it. Oh, God, have I become a fair-weather writer? That is actually the definition of it. <sighs> I have no problems being a fair-weather writer. Uh, but wow. man, I used to always no wag trouble. my finger at fair-weather writers. I'm okay with... I'm okay with it. I've done my time. I, that's the thing. That's, that's, the, that's what I keep saying. That's my excuse. I did my gosh darn time. Got, dang it. I got street cred. You know, like, oh, yeah, it's... <laughs> it's Is it thunder and lightning outside? Well, thank you. I'm okay not running my motorcycle because uh-huh. I've done that before. I, I've been there. I've done that. I'm good. What are you, chicken? Yeah. I've done my thing. I'm good. So yeah, anyways, we went there. There was a lot of people. We got to see um, our local boy, Andy Debrino, uh, competing pretty well, uh, granted on a motorcycle that's a bit out of date, I think now. He had a uh, up and down weekend. He had a really he good did. Saturday, not so good Sunday. He qualified really well. Yeah. Set some set some laps. Um, did you see that? Uh, I think it was Junior Cup wreck on sunday i did the dude Oof. getting his leg hit dude. uh one of the veloce riders one of the veloce riders he got he got his both his legs run over but somehow didn't sustain any damage to his legs apparently his damage was actually his right thumb hmm. it got if you watch the video of it it got snatched by the tire and so it broke his Ooh. thumb Ooh. but he's young he's gonna be back in one piece in like a week and a half yeah they bounce they bounce at that yeah. age he literally bounced super proud of our boy alex taylor dude I got to see that live. Got him a high five. He was very hot. Dropping 52s, which is no freaking joke. Oh, amazing. Brappy little sister was there looking so proud. Probably being a butt. No, you know, she was, she was you know, fanning she him. Was, and she was being a butt. She was umbrella. Even him. when she's good, she's being she a bit being of a, a butt. She was being a kind butt. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I'm super stoked for Alex. I can't remember the results. Eighth and 11th, I think, off the top mm-hmm. of my head. I believe you're right. Um, but getting into the 52s, beating some of the people he beat, definitely, definitely crushed it. Man, he was there in his old Sprinter van with no AC in it. Just, I will, man, hats off to every one of those racers that weekend. Oh yeah. That was insane to have that kind of heat, ambient heat, and then your motorcycle and then whatever's coming off that asphalt. Um, I, I can't believe there wasn't a bunch of heat strokes happening that day. I heard there was quite a few, actually, in terms of corner workers and volunteers. I, that, I believe. Maybe not heat strokes, but people that heat had to exhaustion, be uh, at least. Yeah, attended to. Yeah. we. I, I probably drank eight bottles of water in the three hours I was there, and I peed never. Yeah. <laughs> Just that was sounds sweating right. the whole yeah. time. It was I insane. saw uh, Corey Alexander had like this very elaborate like kiddie pool enclosure thing to stay <laughs> cool. That. Like, And then Andy Debrino had the redneck version, which was just him butt naked in a cooler. <laughs> Uh, you know whatever works man can't unsee that nope nope there's a you know we're very close to some of our friends whether you like it or not yeah uh who else was out there we knew kevin pink staff uh did quite well i think he set up pr so yeah all the omra pacific northwesters did well yeah Uh, they were showing you that that's their playground yeah oh what else is going on what else is going on what do i got here i literally have down my notes shout out to Corey west third in baggers gp (laughs) never doing that again Let's see here. Mm-hmm. Uh, event number two, yeah. Corey West. Good job. You suck. Love you. Hate you. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot going Hashtag on. Hashtag love you. Um, <laughs> hopefully my Husqvarna is coming back to me soon. I, I I I complain about my Husky a lot on the show. Well, I don't. I wouldn't say a lot, but yeah. whenever I do talk about it, it's usually a complaint. All right, what's your deal now? Uh, I I sent it off to Cycletune. Chris oh. at Cycletune is one oh. of my race sponsors. And I was okay. like, take this away from me. 
fix it so I can start riding again. It's literally sat in my garage for like but two how are years. You, what are you doing to fix it? Are you turning it back to a Motard? It's always been a Motard. I've seen that thing in dirt bike form. I bought wheels for it. That's a bad idea. I'm not doing that again. Okay. It, it came from the factory as a Supermoto. It's one of the few. It's an SMR 511 from Husqvarna. It's one of the few bikes that came from the factory as a Supermoto. Ah. It's not a motocross enduro conversion. It, okay. It came with 17s. Uh, only about 200 of them made, I believe. It's a collectible. Uh, it's a very, very rare bike. It's little temperamental it's got some weird things on it it's a weird bike it's what's kind your of, current gripe with this thing well it just one um it just would stall like the second the second you breathed on the uh throttle tube oh. it would just it would just cut out and it would do that at pretty much every stop sign every traffic light did it to me during race starts i was not a fan is um, that thing fuel injected or carbureted fuel injected oh so Chris is going to dyno it and get that fueling right. It's probably just running super lean. I mean, if anyone can handle that, it's Chris. Yeah. And then there was like an oil leak because the thing got installed wrong. Um, I did not install that thing, by the didn't way. You? No, I didn't. Actually, I didn't. I took it to a professional and they didn't do a great job. Uh, what else? The air just is the, human, Jensen. And then like all the fluids and stuff. Like it's just been sitting in my garage. I was like, just make this pretty. It has just sat there just for a make, minute. Just make this pretty. You've been in you've been in Africa twin land for a I've while. I've been I've been like meaning to get to it for literally two years and I haven't. I was like, let a professional do it. So I'm excited. I'm excited to get that bike back, get back uh super motoing, go out to the cart track. Or you're gonna go do um what is it, Mac? Mac track, yeah. Mac track. What's the other one? Paul, uh, Paul's, uh, Pat's Acres. Pat's Acres, not Paul's Acres. Pat's Acres doesn't really do any formal motorcycle events, but we're, I think I they say, make I all their money we, from like, drifting. I'm involved, but I think there's like a movement to try and get that to change. I think Pat's Acres make all their money from drifting events. Uh, go-karts. Go-karts. That's that. And that's been the problem in the past where it's like a bachelor party shows up, wants to go go-karting and then like the motorcycle guys that run the track get kind of booted. So. Yeah. Get out of here, bro. They're just making money. <laughs> so that's what's going on in my world. It's just like we're going to buy some my garage elsewhere. Yeah, yeah exactly. We're looking at uh, vehicles in my garage and let's go. Let's get it fixed. What are you doing with that R1? That's next on the list. I've like, been thinking a lot about the R1. Really? Yeah. Because like this part of me is just like I wanted that to be my track day, fun day, like instructor bike because mm-hmm. it's still got a rear seat and I've still got foot pegs so I could ride two up when someone crashes yeah but you've been enjoying using the street fighter for that uh i don't like riding the street fighter on the track and i certainly don't want some stranger on the back of it <laughs> like it's like yeah i can do it uh i don't there's nothing about that i like <laughs> i just like the way you put that i don't want some stranger touching my street fighter no with their, I mean, with their sweaty junk no offense to like like people but like i don't want some mung that just <laughs> crashed his shit to get on the back of my bike and their like juju my, on this thing. my pretty bike, the bike is, that I take a lot of pride and joy in and like scuff up the the tail section when they swing their leg over Ugh. it and X, Y, Z when they're all adrenaline junkied out because they just high sided themselves to the moon or whatever. <laughs> I don't want that. I don't need that. Um, yeah. I mean, do I do it? Sure. Do I like it? No. So that's what the R one's for. It's like okay. the least loved bike in my garage. I don't care if someone scratches it. And then, but I've been trying to like, do I just kind of spruce it up enough that it's it's ready to go do i maybe do some cool shit to it do i do i like put some fancy parts on it make it go fast do i want to maybe race it whoa because i think it'd be really fun and what was it like a year or two i forget what the rules are oh, it's gonna be like a classic i'll be well it already is a classic <laughs> it's already a 20 year old bike it's no it's 15 plus years 17 years now Yes. By the time I'm race legal for Formula 40, it'll be a 20-year-old bike. That's amazing. And that's kind of fun. We're like, just yeah, hold on to it. Just beat on, beat yeah. up on people with that. It's going to be fun. I don't know. We'll see. 
I'll be excited to see that thing come back to life. I don't think I've seen that bike anywhere in like five years. I did like one or two track days at PIR on it. I think that's the last time I saw it. You might not even have been here. No, it was yet. like 15, 2015 or so. I remember seeing that, that on the track. Right. That could be right. Because I just remember that very distinct, extremely handsome wrap job you have the on the front. The great wrap job. The skull, the ghosted <laughs> skulls wrap job that I did yeah. myself. Would you do it well. in Georgia? Pennsylvania. Uh, close enough. Yeah. <laughs> looks really good. And by really good, I mean not at all. So I definitely need to get that off and just like rattle cam spray paint it. Probably something. Let's do it pink. You know, I was thinking today, Walt Siegel, I got to call him. I'd be like, listen, if you had an R1, what would you do with it? He would not. He would just hang up on you. No, he wouldn't. He'd, he'd, he'd run his fingers through that luscious hair. God, it's so luscious. And then he'd hang up on me. Yeah. Listen here, Jensen. No. <laughs> <laughs> you just hear him I got now. a pink guy. <laughs> you got a pink guy. You got a guy. I got a guy. I got a guy. He'll spray that thing for you. Yeah. Make it look good. See, that's the thing, though. Don't really want a guy. Just, just probably going to rattle can it in my backyard. Uh, speaking of things that are paid off, did you watch MotoGP this weekend? No, I watched Moto America this weekend, Jensen. Actually, I will say this. I just bought the MotoGP pass. There was a sale on it this weekend. Oh, yeah. It's like it, was, the mid-season it was like sale. 59 euros, so like $71 or whatever. You should have talked to me. We could have. You know, I just want to. Listen, we always talk about supporting the businesses, and this was on sale, and so I gave them some money. That's fair. I could probably say some things that would... Here's what I don't understand. I okay. don't understand why there isn't a package where I can get World Superbike and MotoGP for, I don't know, 150 bucks. I agree. If they the had year. that, I would happily pay for that too. I would totally. That would get, I think, more people watching yep. World Superbike than there is. Because I think I think a lot of people are like, oh, I'll buy Moto America or MotoGP, especially if they don't have, if they're like me, they're like a TV cable cutter, so they don't have mm-hmm. Fox, whatever it's on. MotoGP... That, thing. The other thing I don't understand is I have an Apple TV. It's got a MotoGP app, which is great. Why isn't there a World Superbike app? Maybe it's just not big enough for the U.S. market. I don't, I don't, I don't understand why that's the reason. I mean, you're you're absolutely right. Like that's a thing, but you've already built the app, right? All you've got to do is point it at different files. I can't imagine how many times this discussions happened. Just between you and I, when it comes to they've built the hardware that can handle the software, why don't they just throw the thing at yeah, it? You've done the really hard part. <laughs> why haven't you done the super easy part? And I know, I know why because I've seen the inner workings of Dorna, especially the way they handle media. And it's like, yeah, okay, good luck. Maybe really? in ten years, Aww. they're just well, so you know. Again, Spanish. if you build it, they will come, won't they? I don't know. Mm, mm. So anyways, tell me about MotoGP. I, I heard there was some drama. <laughs> anyways, MotoGP. Uh, they're in Holland. They're in Assen. Beautiful track. If you haven't I been, you should go. Uh, the, the Cathedral of Speed, as you were. Ah. Uh, Ooh, the heard, Church of Brap should go there. Church, church of Brapid? The Church so, of Brap at the Cathedral of Speed? That sounds poetic as fuck. You, you say that, but it's funny because in that area of... Uh, it's not Holland. It's actually the Netherlands. We could have a whole conversation on the difference between the two. Right. But in that region of the netherlands very religious and so the dutch tt as it's called has traditionally been held on saturdays not sundays Uh, because sunday of course was the lord's day right so it's just been recently in the last what is it three or four seasons that now it's a sunday race which is kind of a funny little factoid interesting but um, and they say you to learn anything on brap talk yeah come on come on y'all every week we're dropping an education channel yeah (laughs) <laughs> what else you got? 
What else I got? Uh, da, 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 da. I see a really big engine. Yeah. So I like this. So Yamaha did something kind of funky. This is this whole show is just basically us talking about Yamaha, by the way. <laughs> You're welcome, Yamaha. You are welcome. Drink. Um, <laughs> look, look. So when we saw the R7 come out, part of what tipped us off about the R7 ahead of time, well, actually, I broke the story, but you know, who wants to brag? No big deal. No big deal or anything. NBD. Just no big deal. Just Boston Spies crushing it as usual. <laughs> but um, they they went through. Well, well, I should say, I broke the story that they were going to do a full fairing version of the MT-07. Mm-hmm. Uh, another publication broke the story that it would be called the R7 because mm-hmm. they saw that uh, Yamaha had trademarked R1, R2, R3, R4, R5, R6, R7, R8, R9. Whoa. Um. And then some reliable reports started coming out that what was happening with the MT-07 to make the R7 was also happening with the MT-09. So is that going to be the three-cylinder version? That's the three-cylinder, oh. 890cc. Uh, Full I mean, fairing. Yeah, basically, I, I would assume take exactly what we saw with the R7, right. hopefully with better headlights, <laughs> and apply that to Nads the... Yamaha. They don't do headlights. They just do bodies. Right, and apply that to their three-cylinder platform. That would be that would be the hotness. I am super excited about this, Shaheen. I am now very excited about that, um, dude. You're you're basically talking about a com, com, uh, uh, I was going to say competition, but not really a cheaper alternative to a an MV Augusta. Yeah, well, and that's the thing. Like I'm, I so like a little plug. Like I wrote an AR Pro story about this. You can you can sign up and go read it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But we'll we'll kind of give away some of the milk for free. The thing that's always been interesting to me is this. So this bike, like an, an MT-09, makes 120 horsepower. It yeah. makes like 117. Right. Let's just round up. It makes, let's round it up, 70 pound-feet of torque. That's healthy. That's not bad. That's not bad. That's not That's not, not bad. That's and good. It, and it makes that torque at seven grand, not like 12,000 RPMs, right. like an like R6 Like real disc. usable power. So when the R7 came out, there was a lot of backlash from, from squids. They're like, oh, this isn't an R6 replacement. This sucks. Boo. And you're like, well, <laughs> it was never supposed to be. The R9, though, is. Because you start looking at like a, a an R6 makes 108 horsepower. It makes it at like 10,800 RPMs or something stupid like that. And there's right. no torque down low. And it's super uncomfortable. It's like it's, 40 pounds. It's a bike made to just go really fast on a racetrack. That's, that's all it was wasn't made for like the, it's not a street bike in the sense of like they really did not care what this bike no. did on the street the r9 would make some sense though where it's like yeah this would actually have some pretty good grunt to get you out of the turns and it would still have a really healthy you know top you know horsepower mm-hmm. you know figure for the for the track and like it, it kind of sounds like the best of both worlds and i I'm, I'm surprised like you bring up the the mv augusta um also i think you have to throw in the daytona yeah, 765 right but it, that's it, probably more realistically the the bike that they're going to be. Yeah, it's I mean, a smaller those, engine, those more are, powerful. Those are but both I mean, really expensive bikes and yeah. kind of rare. But it always surprised me that this segment was just 600cc inline force. And I think that's part of what killed it. Right. Where it was just this like, we're just chasing this horsepower. We're just kind of chasing this formula. All the Japanese brands are just copying each other and trying to see who can make the best mousetrap from the same mousetrap mm-hmm. designs. And it always just kind of like, yeah, like no wonder you killed it because you you went down this dark path into the forest and got yourself super lost. And I think when you look at why the KTM 890 Duke and the 790 Duke before it are super popular, 
why bikes like the Tuono 660 and the R660 are, are kind of making waves. It's like, you know, you can make a twin cylinder motor that makes similar horsepower but has way more torque. Mm-hmm. And why aren't there more triples out there? Why, why isn't there more motor diversity in this space? Right. And that's what the R9 brings. You're like, yeah, bring a triple out. Be weird. Give us something a little different. Make it. You can make this bike for 11 grand. Ducati, are you listening? I want to see a small displacement V4. God damn it. Well, yeah. I mean, you do that. Like, you know, I'm right there with you. Like, I think the problem with that, you know, we've talked about it on the on the show before. I think I think part of it is like to make a V4 is really expensive. Yeah. Whereas it, it's a little bit cheaper to make a parallel twin. Right. It might be, and like maybe a triple is somewhere in between there. Although I think it leans more towards on the cheaper side of the of the twins. But like, why? I mean, Ducati does this with the the V two. It's the same idea. Like, I love that bike. That's a great track bike. Mm-hmm. They've crept that displacement almost into leader bike territory. So like, is it in the same class? I'm like, I don't know. It's 956 cc's versus like what's kind of becoming in a 900 cc 890 cc segment right mm. i mean the even the super sport is 937 cc so it's still it's up there yeah yeah that motor that motor isn't quite designed for that no that's not a hot rod motor yeah that's a that motor is being used in four different platforms. That's designed yeah. to sort of be a multi-platform motor to give you different tastes based on how they basically tune it. Yeah, but that baby Super Quadro is it's a nice little power plant. It's such a nice power plant. I really love riding that bike. But it's that same it's that same idea. Like, and, I, and that's the same reason why I would say, like, I think I said this in the review for it, the Panigale V2. It's like, this is the best track bike on the market. Mm-hmm. This is the best, like, bike that you can actually ride that will give you the most fun for the bang for your buck. Mm-hmm. You know, it's got all the whistles and bells that you would want. Motorcycle. Hmm? Like, you totally buy this over an R6. You would totally buy this over, uh, you know, a six, a Kawasaki 6R or something like that. I dare say I would buy it over the V4S. Yeah. I'd get behind that. It's 10 grand less, and it gives you a lot of good feelings. And for the quote-unquote average rider, it's just a lot more usable. No, totally. It's a friendlier engine that allows you to ride faster with less effort. I literally wrote my review like once you get over the like dick measuring contest of how much horsepower your superbike has, yep. this is the bike you should get. Mm-hmm. And like I see that with so many V4 owners. Where I'm just like Panigale V4, huh? Cool. Yeah, those are those are straight line fast guys. Those are the dudes that we catch on turn one at PIR. Yeah, right. They're doing 190 miles an hour down the front straight, and then they're hitting their brakes at the 500 marker. And we're going to like the 300 marker and just eating our brakes and going past them all the way to back to turn nine. So great. Have fun on that super high horsepower motor down the front. Again, I'm not making fun of you. If that's your thing, have fun doing it. But it's just we're talking simply about what's usable, what you can really squeeze the most performance out of to better yourself as a rider. It's fine and easy to have a high horsepower crutch that you can lean on and just squeeze the throttle on the front straight. But you're not learning as much, I don't think. Well, this is why, you know, this is why, like, I think you and I talk about the 600cc V4 for Ducati. Because, like, mm-hmm. that's the bike I would love to have. You know, that's the bike I would want to put in my garage. What, what else I would want to do? I'd probably look at a Kramer GP2 if it was $10,000 cheaper. God dang it. That $32,000 price, price tag, tag kills it. The price tag totally Oof. kills it. But it's that same thing where it's like, I would love to have a potent 600cc class bike that's twelve grand. Mm-hmm. And I can actually enjoy on a racetrack. And I think that's what this R9 is. 
And if Triumph hadn't done the weird things that they did with the Daytona, it could have been that bike. Mm-hmm. If KTM made a full fairing version of the 890 Duke, it would be that bike. Oh, that would be an unstoppable force. You know, I love the MV Augusta F3, but I don't have a dealership anywhere near me. And quite frankly, I'd be worried about the support I'd, I'd get mm-hmm. uh, until, you know, MV Augusta USA gets their shit together. So there's there's a hole in this space of like, there isn't really a bike I want. I want to be in this space. I want to be in this segment, but there isn't a bike out that I wanted. I would buy and ride. Right. I, I, I would think an R9 would change that for me. I think so too. I mean, and that platform. Yama, I bet you it's going to be in the twelve, thirteen thousand dollars price range. Well, I mean, an R6 was going for twelve grand, and granted, it didn't have all the electronics that this does. So this comes with an IMU, has traction control, wheelie control, nice. the, what, what Yamaha calls slide control. Doesn't have cornering ABS, but it does have quick shifter. TFT dash. Um, I'm forgetting something fairly cool. Slipper clutch. So Probably it's got has a headlight somewhere. It's got all the. Yeah, it's got headlight. You know, inappropriately put somewhere. Like the mirror. Yeah. <laughs> they they taped it on there. They, it's just, a bicycle headlight. they just yeah. they just zip tied it on there. <laughs> I totally did that as a kid. <laughs> um, I mean, they'll they'll find a way to fuck up the headlight, but that's just that's just very on brand. Watch them make the most sexy headlight on the planet on this bike. Just for us to be like, no, right. no, that's, that's that's easily not going to happen. <laughs> Um, but you know, the, the MT09 road bike is like 9,400 or something like that. I think I'm maybe, yeah, not, ooh, not bad memory. Nice, Johnson, 9, nice done. Nicely the, done. Look at the big bring on but you know, you could easily add a thousand bucks to that maybe round up and call it 11. Sure. Maybe do 10, five. I think I think it's got to be priced higher because the R seven is like nine grand. Right, it's got to be more than that. It's got to be at least a fifteen to fifteen hundred or two thousand dollars yeah, delta there. Yeah, you could do it. You could totally do it. I think so. That would be a nice bike. I am super excited about that. Yeah. Wait. So you're saying that they have basically uh, bought the rights to R one, R three, R six, I guess, but that's gone. R7, R9. Is there other R's? R eight? Yeah, they I, they did one through ten basically, which is just. That, don't read into that. That's just they're, them just they're just covering their grounds, staking claims. Right. Um, there's been pretty good rumors that an R9 was coming though. Do you think BMW is going to fight that because they have an R9T, or is that T really going to? No, because the trademark is R9 spelled out N I N E. Ah. And then the T, and then the letter T. Wow, these differences. Yeah. All right. All right. That's probably the most exciting bike to come out of Yamaha in a while for me. Yeah. I just like the concept of everything behind that bike. It's a solid move. Mm-hmm. It'd be a solid thing, and it's just, where is it? Do When's we have an idea, happen? timeline, 2022, 2023? Uh, I would expect this time next year we see we see it. I mean, it's hard to say with supply chains and stuff. Uh, that's the thing. We don't know. But it very much seems like it's in the pipe. Very much seems like it's a thing. I think they'd be dumb not to do it. It makes a ton of sense. They have to fill that R6 hole. You can't go from an R7 to an R1. Right. You've got to have another stepping stone. So what's it going to be? You already got rid of the R6, which was like a weird thing to do. Like personally, super weird. I mean, it wouldn't make sense at all. I would leave something called the R6 and then make it a triple. Like there was a rumor for a while that the R1 was going to be replaced with an 1100 CC triple. Whoa. Which I think would just been so freaking cool. That'd have been super cool. Because again, it's that whole like get away from the whole Japanese inline like two hundred horsepower triple would have been right hot. Right? How excited are you getting about that right now? Oh, super! 
I just like triples though. I like triples too. And that's the thing where it's just like everyone's kind of tired of having an inline four. Inline fours are great, but they're super peaky. They I mean the way they're they're designed to be super peaky, but it's right. just like they're kind of like well, little sewing machine for so long. It's almost like, all right, we've been there, done that. Like, do something different. Yeah, do something different. Do a five cylinder. I don't know, just do something weird. Like, there used to be that rumor that the next CBR was going to be a five cylinder, but it never happened. That is and still a rumor that keeps I would coming love to up see every that. Now. That would be so weird and cool. There is a British publication that just makes money by printing just, that story every six months. <laughs> they're like the in- National Enquirer for motorcycles. Literally, like that, that, that has been a rumor in the industry since before I started. And that's been going around for at least 15 years. <laughs> I like it. Stop already. They're keeping that rumor alive. They don't want to let it go. They're just hoping that Yamaha <laughs> one day will do it. And they're like, see, we told you. I'm not saying it's a completely or unfounded Honda. rumor, but like it hasn't happened yet. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. I'm sure at some point, at some time, someone in Honda said, what do you think about a V5? But it never went beyond. That was it. Know, that was like, I was kind of. Somebody it. heard it from another office. Oh my God. Somebody said V5. And they're like, no, 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 no. Four cylinder, four cylinder, four, four Stop cylinder. In line. I4. Yeah. Although Honda did V4s as well. Yeah. Just not like super high performance ones. I think not, the RC213 VS. All right. I'm talking like within the last 10 years. VFR? I said high performance. VFR 1200. <laughs> somebody listening just grimaced so hard <laughs> that hurt mm. um, yeah no i'm i'm excited about it like I, I don't understand why there isn't more motor diversity in that space especially superbikes. like do you think it's because human psychology has it where like you want to have the same like the thing you're used to already this is i i have this thought every time i drive past a a you know, a small town that's way the fuck out of the main city limits. And then I see a developed neighborhood where every house is on top of each other. The thought in my head is, why the fuck did you move all the way out here to live right on top of your neighbor? But then it's like, well, that's what people are used to. So I always wonder if in the motorcycle no, industry no, or no. car industry, it's the same thing. It's like this. The reasons are exactly the same. Cost. Cost. Because to build houses, to build a housing development. Right. That's just a bunch of townhomes that are built on top of each other is way cheaper than it is to build a bunch of separate unit houses. So, that, so then do you think the cost of the build is the reason they build it and then people just see it and buy it because it's cheaper to go out there and live in? Uh, I, think, I think people are going to buy, they got to buy something. And see, I my think, mentality says if I'm going to leave town, I want to be the fuck away from you. So I don't want to have a neighbor right on top of me. Give me like an acre or two of land. Well, I'm sure, well, I mean, again, it comes down to price because I'm sure a townhome in the middle of nowhere costs less than a standalone house in the middle of nowhere. Right. And it's the same thing where it's like, why do we see so many inline forms? Because it's really cheap to make an inline form. And they four. just keep making them. That's what it's, people are used to. It's just to. a really easy way to make a cheap motor. You don't have to have the crazy castings that you need for a V-twin or a V-4. That's why it's a parallel twin is easier to make than a V-twin. It's just, it literally just comes down to like less metal, mm-hmm. easier castings, easier production. Great way to save a thousand bucks. And you're going to sell it for like the same price as, as the more complicated right. one. Like it's literally a bean counter decision. But like a certain side of it, you just got to be like, well, if you made a 900cc or a 800cc triple mm-hmm. R6, would you have sold more units? Maybe. It certainly would have stood itself apart from the Kawasaki's and the Suzuki's and the Hondas. Well, I guess, I guess on the other hand, I'm happy to see that progress is happening and we did the inline four 600s and now we're looking at triples and parallels that's like the current iteration of what's 
hot and next and new and fun and usable. Yeah. So what's the next version going to be? We're going to start getting into hybrids and rotaries. Ro- oh, please <laughs> give me that fuel inefficient piece of shit engine. I love that thing so much. That my first car was an RX-7. That thing got was like it? 13 miles a gallon. <laughs> but it was so much fun. It was so smooth. Just, just rattling itself apart. Oh, God, it was amazing. I love that thing. Mm, yeah. No, it's exciting. Like, I, I I love everything about this idea. Yeah. Pricing will be a little key. But um, if they can keep it at like 11 grand, I think that makes sense. I could see Yamaha figuring that part out. They'll make they'll make and sell enough that they don't have to sell them at $15,000. Especially to keep the weight down. So I, I, that's the thing. At the end of the day, I think like the spec sheet is going to look like a better r6 mm-hmm. hopefully for cheaper and you're like when honestly even if it replaces r6 at the exact same price as r6 and it still is a better bike it's a better investment anyways that's fair it's a good fair and that marks like a twelve thousand dollar mark which right. will give it a little bit more breathing room against the r7 give it's it totally good, give a good suspension and all that stuff that's the thing it already comes with adjustable suspension shit you know that's the thing like the mto9 is a decent bike is it blowing the doors off anything no but it's a great value bike you get a lot of motorcycle for your mm-hmm. dollar i've been a fan of that bike since it first came out when yeah. it was the fz09 all's about it uh what else i got here Ooh, i got one that you're gonna like Ooh, did you see the spy photos of the bmw r 1300 gs and i'm kind of doing quotes because no one really knows what this <laughs> thing's called do we not know if that's what it's called um i'm just excited to see the the boxer motor growing yet again so there's a couple things with that okay i mean one like if it's if it's really a 1300 obviously it's growing in displacement what's interesting from the spy photos is there's these covers on the cylinder head and there appears to be a radiator so this might be a true water cooled like proper water cooled one because bmw calls it what do they call it they've got a stupid term for it vasa it's like targeted water cooling or something like that. Uh, I forget what it is. Strategic. What is it? What does it look? What's it called? Yeah, targeted water cooling. Now I think it would be full blown water cooled. I think they realized like because there was a lot of like to do in twenty thirteen spray and pray. Yeah, when that went in twenty thirteen <laughs> when they updated it to the liquid cooled. There's all oh, the air cooled motor. It's gonna lose its hair. It's gonna lose its iconic. No, 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 no. It's 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 ruined. You ruined it. And Green. I think they realized like. Yeah, no one really cared that you you put like an oil cooler in there. It's all it's all good. Like the targeted water cooling, no one no one really cares. Every cared time the the someone that really cares about something like that, it's not your buyer. Like if they care so much, they're talking crap. I and mean, we saw this in the Ducati realm. The new monster won't have a trellis frame. Ah, they ruined the monster. Cool. It's not for you. You haven't bought a bike in like 20 years. You're still stuck in the trellis frame, dry clutch world. I get it. It was super cool. I loved it as well, but that's just not progress. Yeah. No, I think you're right. And and BMW had no trouble selling a boat ton of R1200 GSs, R1250 GSs. Yeah, they're selling the crap Sales out of those fine. things. So now it looks like there's like they've they've boiled the frog as it were. <laughs> full full water cooling. I would suspect that we'll see shift cam on the intake and exhaust. I wouldn't uh, be surprised if this is at like 150 plus horsepower motor. I think that's what it is. Yep. I think that's why you go water cooling. I think that's why you go variable valve timing. Mm-hmm. Because you're seeing the market, like the KTM, like the Ducati, come in with at least 150. Even though Although, Harley's 150 horses, you got to have something. You got to have at least 150. Point. And I think that's like if you're a Harley Davidson buyer, one of the things that's going to tip you towards the Harley Davidson and not the GS, because I think those bikes are kind of close to each mm-hmm. other, is going to be the power advantage that you have on the Harley. And I think BMW, like this is their response. It's like, oh, you guys want like 20, 30 more horse? We can do that. 
Got to water cool this bitch. We got cool to cool it down. We're gonna cool this bitch down. We're create friction and make power. We got to cool this bitch down. We're, a gonna, we're gonna do. We're gonna do some some jamming things the to Germans it. Germans yeah. are going to spray and pray. We're going to hook the water up to it. Cooler. The water. The water will cool down the engine, the motor, and then we will make much more horsepower. It'll be like a a bubbling <clears> brook <throat> from the Alps. The thing that I've liked about German cars and motorcycles usually when they give you a horsepower rating it's like worst case scenario horsepower i would say bmw has a good reputation of uh under promising over delivering mm -hmm. absolutely i remember the first time i saw when Which the some when, italian brands kind of go the other way right? they usually like oh this is 200 horses like 200 what kind of horses on a downhill, we on a, was there a downhill slope yeah, on like, that dyno what are you guys doing <laughs> were you guys below sea level what happened here <laughs> I remember the first time I saw an S1000RRs, the first generation, BMW at the time said it's a 200-horsepower bike. And we had a friend in Florida who had one. He had put 20,000 miles on it after about a year of owning it. And we were doing just a dyno thing. And I remember, I imagine every dyno has a different number. But this dyno read 199 horsepower on this bike when it had just read 187 on a pretty well-built ZX14. Yeah. And it was like, God dang it. It's got 20,000 miles on it and it's stock. Yeah. And you guys are pulling 199 horsepower. Dear BMW, what is your actual horsepower rating? Yeah. No, they don't fuck around. I like Pretty that. Impressive. I like that a lot. Um, so I'm very curious to see what this motor is, Shaheen. Very curious. And then if you look at the photos, yeah. they are doing some funky business to that front end. I'm, I like it. I like funky business. I could get behind it. I mean, it's... It's, you know, that garbage, plastic, black. Paint, I mean, our, our GSs have never been known to be, frankly, I think every bike in that category has not been known for its beauty queen uh, uh, pageantry. Fair. Right. And BMW, I love that they've sort of embraced that and they're like, no, no, this is a utility vehicle and we're going to make it as weird as possible with its weird, you know, winky eyes and one headlight's bigger than the other and the, you know, exoskeleton business and all that stuff. But it looks the business and it has, you know, done the business for most part. I, I'm, I'm pretty excited about it. I like it. I like where they're going with it. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, they're keeping the weird alive. They're keeping it weird. Blinky, blinky lives. <laughs> blinky lives on. Uh, yeah, I'll be kind of... It, it looks like to me they're definitely trying to integrate a space for the adaptive cruise control radar. Mm -hmm. Like I think that that's going to be put right above the headlight. And when you see the the rear shots of the bike, there's a very obvious spot where it's going underneath the uh, the taillight. Um, but I think too, like that narrower beak is going to help like siding the trail and, and off-road riding. And I don't know. Have looks, you, have, interesting. you spent, have you spent much time on the any R RGS mm -hmm. platform. Mm -hmm. The one thing that I've always liked about the, the non-adventure models, the narrower ones, is the bike just feels much narrower when you sit on it. You feel like you have a, at least I felt, I have a pretty good line of sight when I'm on the bike so I can see what's coming up, you know, on the trail or whatever BDR thing that you're doing fairly well. I think that's one of the things BMW typically did well and it looks like they're kind of trying to do that still on this bike where when you stand up on there as an adventure rider, when you look down, you've got a really good clear Mm -hmm. line of sight because mm -hmm. like you said on say like an africa twin you just have this big bulbous front and it's pretty i think the africa twin is one of the narrower ones but it still feels a little bit bulbousy because they're trying to cut some wind with it mm -hmm. sit on a multi-strata especially like an enduro holy moly man there's a lot of front end it's like being in a cadillac yeah so that's the one thing i do like that bmw does even on the adventure model it's still 
they do a decent job of it, but that's just got a big girthy gas tank on it uh, that there's just no physical way really to get around that thing. So I'm curious to see how this works out. I I just hope in the next iteration of motorcycles with this active cruise, please hide that shit. I don't want to see it. I think it's dumb. I get now they're doing it. They're like, it's got the thing. See, we put the thing up front so you can see it. But like, come on, man. My, my Toyota Tacoma outside has it hidden behind the Toyota emblem. You don't even know it's there. So you can do it on the BMW and Ducati and KTM side as well. I think for a time being, it's a hot item and they want you to know that it has yeah. the thing. This is why you paid $2,000 right. more, Shaheen. It's like in the there 80s. It is right here. Right. In the 80s, every car had EFI written in the back. Like, I get it. Electronic fuel injection. Fucking move on. <laughs> Synchro mesh. <laughs> Synchro mesh. Crossfire injection. Chevy, stop it. <laughs> who's, the, who's the idiot? Ah, oh, Yamaha, actually. Yamaha. <laughs> They're cross-plane bullshit. Yep. I mean, like, okay, fair play. You came up a cross-plane crank for the R1. Interesting concept does some interesting things there's 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 some there's some technology there there's a thought process there but then they're like okay well let's call our our parallel twin a cross plane you're like well it's just a 270 degree crank like like (laughs) a lot of parallel twins basically every parallel twin on the market new right now is a 270 degree you know cross plane right motor like you're not doing anything special there and then it's like oh no ours is special every triple is a 60 degree cross plane like that that's how you have to make a triple it's just all of them all of them are like that you're not doing anything different but they'll they'll tell you it's cross plane ladies and gentlemen Jensen Bieler making friends with Yamaha still I, to this day I giveth and I take us giveth and it's it I mean you did, you did say a lot of nice things I did they'll fuck it up anyway so. <laughs> um I like I here's the thing with the GS okay you can be a GS hater all day long I hear people talk about it all the time I, do I think it's the best adventure bike on the market no, no it's is just it, the standard is it the interesting standard yes is right. it is the 100 yes it is it has to be the reference right. every time I get on a GS though whether it's a 1200 1250 even the, some of the older 12 uh, 1100 1150s, yeah. fucking good bike it does the thing you know like talk about like you're, you can be like it's underpowered it's too heavy it does this it does that and like you know what though? It's a good bike. It does the thing. It, it always does, does the, the thing. thing. It's a reliable well. friend that'll come through with the thing. Mm-hmm. It's just, you know, it's got that flat torque curve, which can be a little bit boring, but frankly, it is always there. The the motor's got a bit of character. It yeah. lugs at slow speeds really well. They've done a great job with the electronics. The fit and finish is really good. They stand behind their product. You know, there's a fair amount of reliability in that in that platform, but they stand behind the product very well. Like, right. you get on a GS, and you're just like, there's a reason they're the standard in the industry. Do I frankly, because they've been around the longest, doing the thing since the '80s, basically nonstop. Yeah. yeah, I mean, they define the category, but um, I think it's a phenomenal bike. I, I I get it as a Ducati guy, I shouldn't be saying that, but I think it's a phenomenal fucking bike. Yeah, I, I've yet to ride one and go, eh. like, it's good. Yeah, I get it. My Multistrada makes more power and it's got more drama with it, but like, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say no to one of those. If anyone, anyone, anytime hands me the keys to their GS, I'm like, fuck yeah, give me that. Yeah. <laughs> if you told me it. right now you're going to buy a GS, I'd be like, well, I would rather get a Ducati or a KTM before that in that yeah. order. But, um, not a bad choice. Yeah. You're not, you're not going to, you're not going to hate that GS. Nope. You're, you're not going to have hate some fun. You're going to have a group of uh, GS rider friends. They, I'm sure they have some clubs, GS owners clubs. You know, there's, there's got to be. That's the thing. Like, there's not a lot of bikes in that kind of like Super Tenere. We'd be like, Oh Ooh, yeah, that's, I'm like, mm, you know what nope. you should do? You should get an Africa Twin. You should instead. definitely. You should maybe look at a maybe V-Strom. Yeah, I mean, like if you're gonna go down <laughs> that route, you should look at at least at a V-Strom. But you should definitely get an Africa Twin instead. Right. 
Have you have you seen a KLR six fifty? Can I do talk? What can I do to get KLR you in a KLR six fifty? Looks pretty good compared to that. You should definitely look at that. Why doesn't Kawasaki have a proper leader big big displacement? I mean, they did the bike? Versys one thousand. Just Don't fucking put a nineteen inch front wheel on there. Shut your face no. about the Versys. You could you could just... shut your face. <sighs> Fine. You and Ari Henning. <laughs> shut your face about the Versys. He knows what he's talking about, and he's got a very handsome face. Um, he's okay. That's all I got. That's all you got? That's all I got. Damn. Quick and dirty. Quick and dirty. Hey, I'm going to do a little uh, BDR writing next week. You want to come with? Bring your Africa twin? The easy south lay, uh, leg of the Washington BDR. I mean, I, mean, I do, go to Packwood, but grab a burger. All things go according to plan. I'll be doing surgery next week. What day? I don't know yet. I'll find out Tuesday. I'm going on Monday. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Duh. That's the whole thing. Duh. Um, but, 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 we had an inner pro sign up <gasps> from our buddy Jeff. Jeff, who's in Sydney. You've got a lot of Australian. There's a fans. lot of Aust- the Australian contingency comes in strong for inner pro. Yeah, the down under. I like. I can't wait to go down under and be like, holy shit! It's Shaheen and Jensen. I feel like we could just bum couches. All four of our listeners yeah. from Australia would hang out with us. <laughs> they probably party. Fuck yeah! They, it's Australians. I I I assume they all party. So he's from Toronto. Okay. Down down in Sydney. Sydney. Sydney throwing shrimps on the bobby. <laughs> that is a horrible Australian accent. <laughs> what is that? I don't even know what that was. So like oh, the mid- shice of ice are trying to do the Australian accents again. They're so horrible. Oh, my God. <laughs> Stick to your Gunther, Russian accents. Gunther, what are they doing? It sounds like a constipated penguin or something. I don't know. Oh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Well, we lost all of our Australian listeners again. That was our last Australian <laughs> Air Pro sign-up. Uh, check out this garage. 2011 Kawasaki 400R. Whoa. 2015 Monster 821. Nice. Uh, 2017 BMW S1000R. Ooh, the naked. This person likes nakeds. He likes his bikes naked, although the 400's got a little bit of a fair into it. Debating on his next bike. What does he got here? New Monster. Supersport 950S, Duke 890R, Tuono 660. Which, which would you pick? Try not to be a Ducati shell. Oh, come on. All right. I finally got to ride the new Monster today. Okay. And I will... Someone's going to get yell at me for saying this. I don't particularly, for myself, love the Supersport. I think it doesn't have that thing. I agree. It just It's lacking. And here's why. I think Ducati went out of their way to make that bike as approachable as possible. And by doing that, they took away some spice. Yeah. Because like we said earlier, that motor is used in four different bikes. So you got the Multistrada 950, the Supersport, the Hyper, and now the Monster. And it feels different in every one of those. Like on the Multi, it's smooth and approachable and, you know, kind of got a nice range to it. On the Hyper, it's just slap you in the dick, get a ticket every time you get on that bike. On the Super Sport, somehow they were like, no, no, let's just make this as smooth, as approachable, and nice as possible. And unless you put a full $3,000 Akrapovich exhaust on it, the bike just feels like it doesn't just have that thing. The je ne sais quoi. The oh, It doesn't have it to me. Cool looking bike. Comfortable. Really great. Sporty bike. The Monster, on the other hand, I feel like is right in between those two, where it can be as sort of calm as you want it to be and as naughty do lots of wheelies as you want it to be. I put it in sport mode today and just gave it the beans and that front end was straight up at the sky. I'm like, what are you, hyper? And then I put it in touring mode. It was like the multi-strata in sport mode. And then I put it in uh, urban mode and it was like riding the super sport. 
So nice, nice, nice setup. I really loved it a lot. The bike weighs nothing. It's amazing. It's super duper fun. I'm really curious to see how I would stack up against an 890 adventure or a Duke 890. I would agree with that. I, I think those two would be my top two choices if I were him. I and, agree. And, and I haven't had a chance to ride the new monster. I missed that. Come over and ride it. I got a demo. Yeah, I got to. Colin, I talked to Colin a little bit about it and uh, obviously his review. Um, but that's that's the takeaway. I think that would be like if AR had a, an official position, good bike. Mm-hmm. You're gonna enjoy that bike. Mm-hmm. Is it better than an 890 Duke? Because mm, that's, that's been like kind of my like that's the bike to get in this that's category. I don't know. Got to ride it. Jensen hasn't ridden it. Yeah. So I think I think they're both phenomenal. They're vastly different looking machines. The thing I like about the Monster is it's got a little bit more bells and whistles. Yes. It's got a little bit more in the suspension category. It's got a little bit more in the brakes category. Definitely. Um, and the price is the price is really strong on the monster. That's the thing about the monster because he's got an eight twenty one already. This thing replaced that bike, and it's definitely a step up. Yeah, but the fact of it is, the price didn't change at all. You know what I want? Mm-hmm. I want the eight ninety motor mm-hmm. in my monster because I like the motor better. I like I like the eight ninety motor better than that nine fifty V twin. It's just something, just something about it. But like in the new monster with its new chassis, because that yeah. thing it just yeah. it felt like. One of the lightest, most playful Ducatis I've ever ridden. And I was, I love that. I just, like, I almost felt almost too big for it, but it was so much fun to go around corners with it and just whack the throttle open and go through the quick shift. And just, it did everything right. And our bike is a brand new demo. It's only got like maybe like 120 miles on it. So I can't wait for it to break in for us to really beat on it a little bit. But come over and ride it. I actually Mm -hmm. would, oh man, that's the thing. I would love to find an 890 and like do a side by side. Yeah. Because I like both those bikes a lot. And as a dealer, yeah, I get it. I'm siding on the Ducati because, you know, Ducati. But as a rider, boy, that 890 is just exciting. It's got that thing. Yeah. It's definitely got that thing. Yeah. So I would love to see those two bikes. And I, that would be my my suggestion to uh, our new Jeff. Sydney, our new Sydney Jeff subscriber, Jif. Um, I think Jif should definitely go ride both bikes. Those two bikes. Those are my two choices. I agree. Please go ride them and tell us more. I'm curious to hear your... Yeah, good bike. Good bike. But I feel like once you get that, for, for that larger displacement... You're going to want that. You're going to want that displacement. You're going to want that displacement. <laughs> that usable torque we were talking about earlier on that uh, R9, that's going to be there. Yeah. Unless you really want, want that. that price point. Because that's... I don't know what pricing is in Oz. I would imagine it's probably more... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Diverse is the wrong word. Mm. I would imagine there's a bigger price difference between a Ducati... You think so? Monster yeah, I wonder. I wonder what it is because here in the U.S., the Monster is twelve and change. The eight ninety is. I thought it was like eleven and change. The Monster? Yeah, maybe the base base model. We the have base the Monster model. Pluses, so the they're pluses. like a couple hundred bucks more. Fuck that! Fuck the Ducati Monster Plus. And Here's that why I say no to what you just said. If you buy the base model, if you wanted to buy those plastic bits that the Plus comes with, it costs like almost a grand for I those stupid I things. Don't want the plastic bits. The only thing I want is the quick shifter. It costs less to buy a Plus. It's, it's like the, 200 bucks. Then more. there shouldn't be a base model. Like that's what like, I agree. 100%. The whole thing is the whole concept. Nope. I 100% agree with you. Drag I think that it's dumb. person out into the street and I didn't even order any base models for our shop. I'm like, this is dumb. You guys are literally charging a couple hundred dollars more for a lot more. Why are you even doing this? This is a stupid thing. Get get it the fuck out of here. They did it with the Monster 797. I'm like, this is dumb. This is just the stupidest thing I've ever seen in my life. But anyways, 12, all that to say, I think 12 the 12 2. 12 2. Yep. How much is the 890 uh, Duke? 
like 10, 9 or something stupid like that. He said 890 Duke R. 890 Duke R should be probably it's closer like a, to the monster. It's like 800 bucks more. So it's like um, 11? 890 Duke R. 12. 12 on the nose. Okay, so 12,000 USD versus 12.2 USD. Yeah, what are we talking about? Yeah, and I think the RS, is he talking RS 660 or is he talking Tuona 660? Tuona 660, which is like nine, yeah. six? Like sub 10,000. Yeah. So that so is. You're saving 1,500 bucks. Yeah, a lot of money between those three, but I still vote the other ones. For only about $1,500 more, you're getting so much more motorcycle, I think. I agree. And that's the problem with the Tuono. And that's kind of the problem of this category of middleweight twins, mm-hmm. but we're also doing like. 900 cc parallel twins and the prices are kind of like that's that's why it's kind of tough especially with aprilia with the 660s where it's like oh you're kind of getting into like 900 cc twin territory on the pricing right i don't know i think if if i can afford it i think if it was buying a track bike i would tell him to go on rs660 but if he's just talking naked street bikes my votes with the with the ktm and the ducati maybe not first model year probably not no (laughs) maybe not first model year (laughs) right um some issues with those but i i like totally i totally think yeah you're right track bike 660 mm-hmm. like i love the r7 a little love the whole concept buying a 660 mm-hmm. every 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 time oh mm-hmm. gladly i am easily getting 1500 dollars more value all day welcome to my ted talk yeah oh yeah welcome to my ted talk <laughs> <laughs> uh let's get out of this one all right jeff, thank you for signing up thanks jeff you're awesome. Appreciate Have it. another shrimp on the Barbie, apparently. Throw another shrimp on the Barbie. That's still not good. No, no. Still not, not even good. A little. Just say it in American accent. Uh, follow us on Instagram at we Bra- at Bra- I keep saying that. At Brap Talk on Insta, at We Brap Talk on Twitter. Um, uh, email us, we Brap Talk at gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook, Brap Talk Motorcycle Podcast. Sign up for my OnlyFans. <laughs> I mean, my AR Pro. <laughs> <laughs> That's really what AR Pro is. It is only fans, only fans for asshole rubber. Yeah. I'm just saying, every so often put up a little kinky picture of you. Just give them something to look forward to, man. Yeah, man. Fucking A, Cotton. That's right. All, All right. right. I'm going to get out of here. Yeah. I'm going to go night. home. It's just good talk. Okay, See bye. you out there. Make good choices. Safety third. Don't make good choices. Just just go ride your motorcycle. Just get the fuck, just get the fuck out of here. And it's going in my stomach. I'm curious to see what kind of a radioactive color my pee is later. You know when you eat a lot of beets? Yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. Yeah, except those are good for you. Are they? Probably. They taste like dirt. Comes from the ground. They literally taste like dirt. It's earthy, Jensen. Here's here's a vegetable that tastes like dirt. It's it's a legume. It's a legume. I learned only recently that there's no such thing as vegetables. It's just all greens what do you mean there's no such thing as vegetables well like they're all just greens that we eat vegetables are greens that are consumed by humans that doesn't mean there's not vegetables right but like technically it's just greens it's either a leaf or like some kind of a fruity type thing or a legume or but they're all called veggies or vegetables as in that's what you eat i feel like this is this is <clears throat> this is good motorcycle conversation yeah. i feel like eat your veggies kids <laughs> anything that wasn't uh, some sort of animal, insect, fish, <laughs> moose, and isn't a fruit is therefore a vegetable. <laughs> That's my definition. I mean, you know. Ice cube, vegetable. Vegetable, definitely. Mountain Dew? <laughs> definitely vegetable. Vegetable. Yeah. Especially the green one. It's green. It's green. 
it's drink got, your greens. There's got to be something in there that's came from a vegetable. No, it's got a citrus. It's got a citrus. It might be fruity. I want to find out that Mountain Dew has kale in it. I guarantee you it doesn't. Probably not. They don't even know what kale is. I'm a Mountain like. Dew expert. I guarantee you it does not have kale. <laughs> Today on Mountain Dew Talk. <laughs>